back to another episode of Elevate Your Dream State. My name is Sydney Jazz, your hostess with the mostest. This week's episode is very, very near and dear to my heart. We are talking all things sustainability, the environment, uh, what you could do to help, and things that you can easily integrate into your life, more easy eco-friendly practices that you can take on day to day. But before we get into it, you know how it goes, the weekly recap. Not too much really to report on with you guys this past week. It was Earth Day on Friday and for Earth Day, I, you know, showed up on my Instagram stories. You can follow me at Sydney Jaws. Everything's linked in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I just showed up on my stories, shared some amazing brands uh, who are sustainable brands that you should support because your money is your power. So put it in the pockets of good people and good brands. Um, but yeah, if you guys wanted to see those brands I was talking about, I have a sustainability highlight on my personal account that you can go click through. I put everything from my Earth Day stories on there. So it is all there for you guys to reference throughout the year because every day is Earth Day. Um, but yeah, so that's good and fun. I've been working like crazy. I work part-time at a coffee stand and yeah, I've just been working like a mad woman. So literally all I've been doing this week is working and working out. <laughs> working at the coffee stand, working on my client work, and then working out and making sure I exercise and take care of my body. Like that is all I, I've been doing. So not super awesome stuff. But today what I have been doing, like on the day that I'm recording this intro and this weekly recap, I've been doing some spring cleaning and I feel like it could really blend seamlessly into the topic of today's episode. So I wanted to share, but yeah, I've been doing some spring cleaning. It all started because I needed to find this duffel bag that I thought I've lost for like two years. I found it. Spoiler alert. I found it. Uh, so I went through all the shit that was underneath my bed, vacuumed all the dust bunnies underneath there as well. Uh, and I had some boxes. I moved around a lot um, like a year ago. I think in 2020, I lived in four different apartments slash houses throughout the year of 2020. It was just a mess. So I had a bunch of like boxes of random fucking shit that I just shoved under my bed. And so I opened those up, went through them. Lo and behold, yeah, it's been under there for so long that surprise, surprise, I don't even want any of that stuff anymore. So just going through uh, and separating what I can donate, recycle, and what I unfortunately just have to straight up throw out. Um, so yeah, I wanted to share that. Also wanted to share some spring cleaning not like tips, but just ideas of things that fall under spring cleaning, or at least it does for me, just so you guys can really take advantage of the energy of spring cleaning. It's always a good excuse, a good opportunity to go through all your shit and get rid of stuff. Stuff piles up, you know? So definitely do like your usual cleaning, you know, vacuum dust, disinfect, etc. Wash your bed sheets, wash your comforter, all that stuff, you know, make sure you're 
being a clean human, um, but also going through your closet and separating things in terms of what you can sell either on Poshmark, Depop, or, you know, drop off at Buffalo Exchange, Plato's Closet. There's so many like resellers out there, consignment shops, anything like that. So separating everything that you want to get rid of into these piles. This is what I do when I go through my closet. So you do a sell pile as I just mentioned, then you're going to do a donate pile. So these are those items that aren't quite selling quality anymore, but aren't quite recycle quality. You know, someone someone out there can still get some really, really good use out of it. You know, that, that piece could still be reloved by somebody. So definitely donate. And then also recycle. Textiles, always get thrown in landfills. They get burnt. Um, so recycle your textiles whenever you can. This means like holy socks, bathing suits that are just like falling apart and you should not let any other human wear them. Holy t-shirts, holy jeans, ripped anything, underwear, you know, always throw out your underwear, but you can recycle it. I mean, I would like wash that first and then recycle it. <laughs> just a little gross if you're just recycling dirty underwear. That's kind of nasty. But yeah, I know that H&M, although they're a fast fashion, fast fashion brand, they are the most accessible um, source for recycling textiles. So um, I do also know that they only take them in like trash bags. So you have to take your clothes in a trash bag or like a grocery bag, any kind of disposable bag and bring it to an H&M to recycle. And then they give you like a 10% off coupon or something like that. But that is what I do with those items that can definitely not be sold to somebody else and should definitely not be donated because thrift stores actually burn 85% of clothing, but we'll get into that in this week's episode. So also go through those cluttered drawers that are just the catch-all junk drawers and organize them. Just rip the band-aid off, go through it, organize it. Also cleaning out your camera roll on your phone, you know, like you can definitely delete that screenshot from 2017 that you thought you needed, but you haven't looked at since you screenshotted it. I give you permission. You can definitely delete that. <laughs> So go through your camera roll, clean it out, get rid of shit, open up some storage in your phone. Um, also, unfollow people who just don't really resonate with you anymore. I like to do this occasionally, just going through. Um, if it's like brands that I don't really follow, people, you know, go through and unfollow some people. Clear up that energetic online space. And then also clean out your fridge and your pantry. Like seriously, that definitely gets neglected a lot. Go through your fridge fully, scrub it clean, go through all the condiments in there, you know, clean out and recycle anything that is bad. So that is what I'm doing today. I am doing all of those things. I've checked off a lot of that so far. I'm going to be making a trip to Plato's Closet. I posted new items on my Poshmark. So if you guys do want to shop my closet, I will leave a link to that in the show notes. My username is Sid Alexandra on Poshmark, I believe. Uh, but yeah, and I've gone through some junk drawers. I went through all the random shit that was under my bed. Like, yeah, we're doing it all today. So this intro is already really long and the episode is going to be a little long. So let's just get right into it. All right. So this episode is going to be so jam-packed. So grab something 
grab a drink, grab a snack, grab a notebook. Yeah, we're, we're going in for the planet today. This episode means a lot to me. And it's something that makes me very emotional because this emotion is just, all of this emotion is backed by a lot of passion. And I get very passionate about the environment. If you know me personally, you know that I am that tree hugger friend. And I literally, most of like my crying spells that I have is triggered by something with the environment. Like it, I just... I get really sad about it. (laughs) So for a little background, I've been super passionate about environmentalism since I was in elementary school. I used to have my parents help me make flyers on Microsoft Word with a photo of a polar bear and the words, save the polar bears. And I would just hang them around my house. And looking back, that may not have been um, exactly environmentally friendly of me, wasting paper like that, but little eight-year-old Sydney really thought she was making a difference and actually being verbal about my newfound interest in the environment did make a difference it within my household it made my mom more aware of her environmental practices and so from that random sparked interest my mom actually educated herself in recycling and started to organize our recycling by your usual recyclables like plastic cardboard metal and glass and then a separate bin just for paper and then a separate bag for recycling plastic bags because yes first drop of knowledge here um separating your recyclables give them the best chance to actually get recycled at their appropriate facility facilities wow so (laughs) from that young age I did make a difference and I think that's pretty cool. And so then from there on out, my sister and I grew up recycling and just being very aware of the details that go into recycling. Flash forward to now, I really try my very best to live a life as sustainable as possible. And it's truly not that easy. To name a few practices right off the bat that I follow, I've been vegetarian for five years to reduce my carbon footprint. I specifically bought a hybrid vehicle and I've been getting more into thrifting and staying away from spending my money with fast fashion brands. And then I also, you know, do the usual like try to reduce as much waste as possible, like reusable grocery bags, um, zero waste products for, you know, bathroom stuff, all of that. So all of this being said, by the end of this episode, I truly hope that you feel inspired to take action and see where you can adjust any of your daily habits to be more sustainable and more conscious of the environment. So this is going to be a juicy one. So let's just get right into it. We're going to start this off first with discussing the gravity of the situation that is the earth. And to disclaim, I don't mean to come off as fear-mongering because some of the things I'm going to talk about are, they are scary, but it's truly just the reality of our situation here on earth and to sugarcoat any of this would be doing a disservice to the facts. This is also not to discredit all of the amazing work and advances that we've made so far in human history. For example, 40 countries have pledged to ban coal-powered plants by 50% by 2030 and completely by 2050, which will greatly reduce the emissions going into the atmosphere and the use of fossil fuels in general. And to further demonstrate the importance of this agreement, the International Energy Agency, IEA, 
estimates that coal is responsible for over 30% of the global average temperature increase above pre-industrial levels. That That is insane. So with this agreement that is, you know, going to be going into place, it will really, really help manage and limit the increase of the global temperature, which is what climate change is. <laughs> Another example of good news in the world of environmentalism is this past March, the United Nations reached an agreement to create a legally binding plastic pollution treaty that is set to be finalized in 2024. So that means the treaty is not written up and, you know, done, um, but they reached an agreement to create this treaty. And yeah, it's going to be written up and ready to go by 2024. So that is incredible. So there are amazing things happening, but there's still work to be done. And essentially, the IPCC report found that the window to halt climate change is getting smaller and smaller and the clock is ticking. This is the group that gathers all of this information about climate change year after year and gives us all of those numbers and reports just for more background on that. They even concluded that at this current rate, the planet will be unlivable in the next few decades. Like if we continue at the rate we're going. So the biggest thing you need to understand from any specific information you come across is that the planet is warming and that is our biggest threat. The planet has already warmed up by one degree Celsius. And like that may not sound too scary. Like, oh, it's just one degree, right? But unfortunately, um, yeah, it's not that chill. It's not that chillaxed. Right now, there are regulations in governments like the ones um, that I just mentioned that are trying to help us reduce global warming to not let it hit 1.5 degrees Celsius because we're already facing the consequences of human-caused climate change from extreme storms, natural disasters, to massive fires and heat waves, and it's only going to get worse. We're already experiencing it and it's only going to get worse unless we start making some big changes. So let me paint you a picture of what will happen if the planet warms by 1.5 degrees Celsius and 2 degrees Celsius. And this information is all gathered from the World Wildlife Organization. And I will also have all of my sources in the show notes as well. If you want to read up on these articles on your own time, that is super cool. So sea levels will rise, impacting 1 billion people by 2050. And I know that sounds far away, but it's literally not. That's in 30 years. Um, we will still be alive by 2050. And we will be alive to experience all of this stuff, which is scary. Anyways, um, if we warm to 1.5 degrees Celsius, the sea level will rise by 1.5 feet. At 2 degrees Celsius, it will rise by 1.8 feet, putting billions of people at risk. So basically, see you later, Florida. It's been nice knowing you. Um, that's a little extreme and I'm being sarcastic. Um, but literally, our coastlines are going to go underwater. Like, that's, that's a big deal. That's putting millions, billions of people out of their homes. Coral reefs will die off due to change in the water temperature impacting the habitats of thousands of ocean creatures. So if we warm to 1.5 degrees Celsius, approximately 70% of reefs will experience ble bleaching, 
which is a phenomenon that happens when they turn white and making them vulnerable to disease and inevitably death. And at two degrees Celsius, coral reefs will be virtually extinct. Next, people will be exposed to extreme heat waves every five years. So with the warming of the planet, heat waves will become more frequent and severe around the world, affecting millions or even billions of people. It's extremely dangerous. I feel like in Arizona, we're a little used to heat waves around here. You know, our summers are 115 degrees. It's nuts. And so imagine that in places that aren't a literal desert, that is a little, little, little freaky. Then we have increased flooding. So global warming increases the risk of more frequent and heavier rainfall, snowfall, and other precipitation. And as that risk increases, so does the risk of flooding, once again, putting humans and animals out of their homes and their habitats and just destroying shit. <laughs> and so that brings me to my last point plants and animals will lose their habitats so as the earth continues to warm crucial habitats may no longer be hospitable for certain animals or plants and this puts a variety of species at risk depending on whether they can adapt to these changes and move and the ecosystem is a domino effect if species keep dying off due to the effects of climate change it will impact and disrupt the entire ecosystem and it'll just cause a chain reaction that will eventually lead into like how we get our food. I know that either all these examples went completely over your head or your head is spinning or you're just as freaked out as I am, but rest assured there are things that you can do day to day to help mitigate this global problem all of us are facing together. So now we are getting to the part where I am bringing you some tangible things that you can do to help fight climate change in your day-to-day -day life. So first things first, eat less meat. Livestock is responsible for 14.5% of global greenhouse gases and is one of the industrial leaders in pollution. Farming is actually one of the top contributors of global warming. And livestock production creates more greenhouse gases than the entire transportation sectors, like all the cars, trucks, planes, and trains in the world. So if you think that being vegetarian or vegan doesn't do anything, you're wrong. I'm here to say you're wrong. Vegetarian and vegan lifestyles are more eco-friendly because they require less resources like water, food, and oil, and then therefore contribute less CO2 into the atmosphere. And, you know, animals aren't being killed for consumption. That's like a great plus. <laughs> so like I said, I've been vegetarian for about five years now. And from these five years, I've saved approximately 8,000 pounds of CO2. That is a lot just for one person. You know, there's little CO2 carbon footprint calculators um, online and you can enter how many years you've been a vegetarian or a vegan and then it'll give you a little estimation of your carbon footprint and how much it has been reduced. So if you're listening to this and you 
are either vegan or vegetarian, I would highly recommend to do that because it's it's pretty cool to see your impact. So with this, you don't have to be a full-blown vegetarian if that is just not your style. I truly believe that it's all about what you feel like you can commit to. So for example, I grocery shop as if I'm vegan, but I'm, I don't identify myself as a full-blown vegan because when I go out to eat, I like to indulge. I like I like some mac and cheese. You know, I, oh, I love cheese. But that's just what works for me. And, and regardless, I'm still making a huge difference. So here we go. Have meatless Mondays. There is your solution. It may seem like a very small step, but you are making a huge, huge, huge difference. So here are some facts about the meatless Monday movement. Skipping one serving of beef every Monday for a year saves the equivalent emissions to driving 348 miles in a car. Producing one quarter pound beef burger uses 425 gallons of water. That's enough water to fill 10 bathtubs for one quarter pound beef burger. That's insane. Also, producing one quarter pound beef burger uses up enough energy to power an iPhone for six months. So skipping meat every Monday is a great, great, great little way to, you know, have less meat in your diet while not fully going vegetarian or vegan. It doesn't have to be one or the other. There is always room for in-betweens when it comes to having a sustainable lifestyle. Also, another way to be more sustainable day to day is if you own a house, this is very niche, but if you own a house, consider investing in solar panels. And you can also check your utilities um, to see if they offer renewable energy options. Most of them do. And you can make the switch. As renewable energy prices drop, this change can have little no little to no effect on your bills, by the way. And I believe you do get some tax write-offs from your solar panels, but don't quote me on that. But it is worth looking into. <laughs> now, transportation. This one is more for like my city girlies, but look into using public transportation a couple times a week. I know it's not the most glamorous thing in the world, but you will save money and gas over time. And also carpooling is always good for the environment. Also with transportation, one great thing that came from COVID was the work from home lifestyle. So if you're back in the office, maybe pitch the idea to your boss of having one or two work from home days in order to reduce your emissions on your morning commute. An awesome detail to add to your pitch is that your office will also save money over time on their electricity bills, their snack and coffee expenses, etc. by having people in the office less. So make sure to include that one in your pitch because it like it's a win-win. <laughs> you can also ride a bike or walk places. You know, this is a great option to get some exercise and vitamin D and give your car a break for the day. Also with that is carpool with friends more often. You know, when you're going out to dinner, coordinate who's driving. It's also a great option for like designating a driver. If you guys are going to be drinking, carpooling is cool. <laughs> and lastly, if you are in the market for a new car, definitely look into investing in a hybrid or an electric vehicle when you start car shopping. If Tesla made more rugged electric cars, honestly, I would have been all over it, but I'm a camping and off-roading kind of gal. So my RAV4 hybrid was the car for me, but 
back when I bought it, I literally refused to settle for any model unless it was a hybrid because I just, I put that at the very top of my list for sustainability. Next up, we have educating yourself about recycling and composting. So there is a lot more to recycling than people think, I will admit it. And like I mentioned before, the most effective way to recycle is to separate everything accordingly. So plastic, cardboard, metal, glass, the usual things you think of when you think of recycling can all be recycled per usual. But remember to rinse out anything that you're recycling or else the facilities won't accept it. So give your pasta sauce jar a little rinse before you throw it in the bin. And also greasy pizza boxes, unfortunately, are not recyclable either. Basically, just make sure that it's clean. Then we have plastic grocery bags, shipping bags, bread bags, you know, anything of that plastic material, not chip bags, you know, that like shiny uh, like material of like a bag of chips. Those aren't recyclable. But plastic grocery bags, shipping bags, bread bags, etc., can be recycled at most grocery stores. So when you walk into your grocery store, in that like first door when like the carts are to the side all lined up you know there's usually a little bin in that entrance um for plastic bags and you can just drop it off there and then as for composting you can do it in your own little garden if you have a house or do some research on apartment friendly composting services so for us out here in arizona if you're listening and you live out here one that I know of and have heard great things about for the whole Phoenix area is Recycled City. So that's RecycledCity.com. This sounds like an ad. It is not. <laughs> they drop off a composting bin for you and then pick it up each month. And it's super easy and you can even request some um, super nutrient soil from them as well for your plants. Getting right along into our next one is thrifting. So thrifting, trading clothes, reselling, et cetera, et cetera, wow, are all amazing things that you can do when you're shopping with the environment in mind. So I really love using Poshmark and Depop to find cute and trendy pieces that, you know, need to be reloved. And you could also, you know, always hit up your Goodwill and local thrift stores and hunt down some really dope pieces as well. It's a little bit more time consuming. Um, but it's totally worth it and it's fun, you know, like make an occasion out of it. And there's no better feeling than when you find like a really dope piece um, hidden in Goodwill. You know, it's just, it's so much fun. <laughs> so now for some facts. This is a very fact-based episode, if you couldn't tell already, because I think facts are just cool and fun. Anyways, the fashion industry is also another top contributor of pollution, number five to be exact. And the oil industry is number one, meaning petroleum, which is what synthetic fabrics are made out of. So the fashion industry and the oil industry are just holding hands at the top of the charts um, for contributing to pollution. Love that. Just kidding. We hate that. Anyways, <laughs> fast fashion accounts for 10% of greenhouse gas emissions. That is a big number if you really think about it. These fast fashion stores burn and throw out thousands and thousands of garments every second. And so thrifting and reloving clothing gives the piece another chance at life before it also ends up in a landfill eventually. I was actually on TikTok this past week and an influencer that I follow, her name is Madison Wild. She is literally the cutest human in the world. Her fashion sense is just mm, chef's kiss. 
Um, and she posted a great TikTok discussing the impacts of the fast fashion industry and how beneficial thrifting is. And the whole point of it was that like, no, thrifting is not taking away from anyone because there are billions of clothing pieces circulating. Everybody can thrift and everybody needs to thrift. And so there's like this notion that thrifting takes away from people who need to thrift because that is like their most affordable way of, you know, getting clothing. And these facts just really drive home why there's room for everybody to thrift and why everyone needs to thrift. So 84% of all clothing in thrift stores end up in a landfill. That's, that's a majority. So Again, thrifting is not taking away anything from other people who thrift as a means to clothe, to clothe themselves. That was a little bit of a tongue twister for me. There's simply room for everyone. Also, I don't know if I mentioned, but I got these facts from Madison's video. I will also link it in the show notes. Um, anyways, there are 11 million pieces of clothing that end up in landfills every year. And that doesn't include the pieces burned by fast fashion brands and thrift stores. The fast fashion industry also accounts for 35% of microplastic pollution. So fabrics like polyester are made of plastic, which means as it's broken down, burned, and sitting in landfills, it's becoming harmful microplastics that we are consuming day to day because there is such an influx of microplastics in our water that we literally have microplastics in our body, like as we speak. There was um, a big scientific study on that. You can look it up on your own time. I did not include it in this episode, but it is a little, a little freaky. Also, please, for the love of God, in all things holy, stop shopping at Shein. Oh my fucking goodness, I hate Shein. If you're going to buy from fast fashion, sorry, I'm getting a little aggressive here, but if you're going to buy from fast fashion brands here and there, just please don't let it be Shein in any of the brands that Shein owns like Zoffel and Cupshe and all of those just terrible terrible fast fashion brands that all fall under the Shein company. They pump out 80 times more styles than their competitors H&M Group, Boohoo or Boho whatever the fuck and Zara which means it's producing that much more textile waste and other negative environmental impacts, making it the worst and most polluting fast fashion store on the planet. And aside from it being unethical environmentally, it's also extremely unethical in a humanitarian sense. They treat their garment workers terribly, having them in sweatshop conditions, working 12 to 14 hour days, 28 days a month, and paying them literal scraps. The overall rule of fast fashion, a good rule of thumb to follow and keep in mind while you're shopping is if a clothing item costs $10 brand new, the worker who made it probably didn't even make $10 for creating it. They probably made like 10 cents. You know, think about those profit margins. So Become a more conscious shopper by spending your valuable money on companies who have good ethics. Our power resides in our wallets, so we might as well spend our money on companies who are doing a way better job. Two of my favorite sustainable fashion brands are The Girlfriend Collective and Tala. Um, and also, it's a good idea to always shop small as well. You know, that is, that is always a good route to go. So 
Last but not least, always try to be mindful of your plastic waste and your disposable waste, everything like that. So find zero waste alternatives to all of your everyday items to reduce your waste and also save money. Because when we are using zero waste items, then we're not spending all of our money every single month, every other month, whatever, on these disposable products. So, and also, if you think about it, the big guys, the big corporations, they don't want us to live a zero waste lifestyle because that's less money in their pockets. That is why disposable industries are so profitable because people just buy and buy and buy and buy and buy. Anyways, so some examples of zero waste replacements that I use are wool dryer balls instead of dryer sheets. They literally last forever. You just keep the dryer balls in your dryer to remove static and all of that stuff. Keep everything fresh. Um, Also, a makeup remover towel instead of wipes or cotton rounds. I got mine from Tala and I've been using it for years and I'm obsessed. It literally takes all of my makeup off. All you do is add water to it. It, it, it takes everything off. Even my um, waterproof shit because all I wear is like waterproof eyeliner. It's, it's amazing. Also, shampoo and conditioner and soap bars. So I know this one's not for everybody, but I really, if you're interested, I really suggest that you try it, especially guys. Shampoo and conditioner bars are so easy for guys to use. So I've used shampoo and conditioner bars from both the Earthling Co. and Lush, and they're both amazing from each of those brands. Also, even beyond the point, the Earthling Co., um, has a lot of zero waste products on their website. They're like primarily a zero waste product website and like an environmental website. So I would definitely check that out and see where you can make some replacements. Also, metal straws speaks for itself. I try to keep a straw everywhere. I have a reusable straw in my work bag. I have one in my car. I have one in my purse. I just try to keep reusable straws strapped. I am strapped with straws, okay? No sea turtles dying on my watch. Anyways, I digest. Also, water bottles and using Brita filters to refill your water bottles instead of buying single-use plastic water. I feel like, it. come on, we're, it's like 2022. We should not be using single-use water bottles if we don't have to anymore. Like, come, do better. Come on. I'm going to call you guys out for this one. (laughs) Next, we have bringing your own coffee cup to your go-to coffee shop. And for this one, I can't speak for everywhere, but in Arizona, a lot of places are starting to take reusable cups again since COVID happened. And I did hear that by the end of this year, Starbucks is going to officially start doing that. I'm pretty sure nationwide. I would definitely look into it, but it is 100% worth asking your favorite local coffee shop if they will take a reusable cup um, next time you go. Also, reusable snack bags instead of plastic sandwich bags. That's another one. Save your money on those plastic sandwich bags. Just get a reusable snack bag. It's amazing. They're cute. They're durable. We love it. Also with that is reuse your food jars like your pasta sauce jar for food storage. I love doing this for my overnight oats and chia seed pudding. I'll just clean them out real good, remove the label, and boom, I have a I have a jar for whatever I want to put in it. It's amazing. 
Another one is a reusable K-cup basket. So this one is huge. I got my mom on this um, because she is such a big Keurig girly. And I was trying to tell her, I'm like, mom, your K-cups are literally so wasteful. It's so freaking wasteful. You just use it once and then you throw it out. Like, come on, come on. So I found a reusable K-cup little basket. I actually got it from Walmart. Um, they're great. We bought two of them. So then, you know, we have two on deck and can switch them out when we both want coffee. So all you do is you just buy coffee grounds and then fill up the little basket and then pop it in your Keurig as per usual. And then you just dispose of the grounds when you're done and boom, clean it out, use it again and again and again. Also bonus, you could use those coffee grounds in your plants as a little fertilizer. So even more reducing, reusing, recycling going on there. And you could use it in your composting as well, those coffee grounds. That one's huge. You will save so much money from not buying K-cups ever again because if you think about it, a bag of coffee grounds is like, what, 4 or $5? Depend Depends what size you get and what like type of ground you get. But yeah, in K-cups are like, what, 15 to 20 bucks? I don't, you know, at this point, I don't know because I don't have to buy them anymore. Two more and then we're going to wrap this up. So if you guys have still been listening. Thank you. I love you. So using cloth napkins or rags instead of paper towels. I feel like all of my friends know that I despise paper towels. I have never bought paper towels in my life because I just, I, I freaking despise them. They're so stupid. I have a personal vendetta against paper towels. Um, and really just any paper product for that point, like plates, cups, bowls, utensils. I just, I refuse to buy them. You know, use your beautiful dishware as you should that is sitting in your kitchen cabinets. You know, just wash your dishes and use kitchen rags and cloth napkins to clean up your messes. Or if you don't want to go out and buy rags and all of that stuff for your kitchen to just, you know, use to clean up spills and whatnot. If you're getting rid of anything and donating clothes, use an old t-shirt, cut it up, into the size of like a rag for your kitchen and use that as a rag or something like that. You know, it's all about finding multiple uses for things that we're about to throw out anyway. So using old clothes that you were gonna throw out or donate, boom, just reuse it as a kitchen rag. And last but not least is reusable grocery bags. I have so many of reusable grocery bags that I have just accumulated over time. Most of them I got for free you know, as like a little swag bag thing. I feel like a lot of like brands and random like shit, you just end up with reusable bags. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Don't know. But I never leave the house um, on a grocery run without my reusable bags. I have been super consistent about this for years. So I've kind of implemented the habit of just always having my bags. But I'll leave a few in my car at all times. And for those random moments, but I've always built the habit of bringing them back into my car after I've unpacked groceries. So I'll literally, after I unpack groceries, I'll put my reusable bags right by my door, by my car keys. So next time I go to my car and I leave the house, I see them sitting right there by my keys and I grab them and I put them back in my car for next time. So that concludes this episode. I know that this was a lot and super packed with information that was good to hear, not so good to hear, but overall really great to learn. And if you made it to the end, thank you so, 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 so much. 
it really means a lot to me and to the planet um, that you're taking this first step in educating yourself on what's happening to the world and the ways in which you can easily help day to day. Basically, what I want you to understand from this episode is that you don't have to live a perfectly sustainable life in order to make a difference. See what resonates with you from all the examples that I gave of the things that you can do to improve your sustainable habits and start doing it. I truly believe that imperfect sustainability and spreading knowledge slash awareness is so much more effective than just striving for absolute perfection when it comes to sustainability and living that sustainable lifestyle. You know, as long as you're doing something, you're making a difference. And if enough people understand that, it will cause a ripple effect of change. And that's what we need. We need more people to understand that living a sustainable lifestyle is not as hard as some people make it seem. So I hope this episode helped close that gap for you and put sustainability more at an arm's reach. So thank you so much. Um, Don't forget to, of course, follow me on Instagram at Sydney Jaws, follow the podcast at Elevate Your Dream State, and give us five stars on your favorite platform that you're listening to this on, and make sure to follow along. New episodes every Tuesday. Happy belated Earth Day. Um, yeah, and if if you make any of these little tiny lifestyle changes, definitely slide into my DMs. I would love to hear about your journey, and yeah, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you.